Well, again, good morning. We are in our third week of our series called Rotate, and you'll find your notes right there in these handy little cup holders, and uh, you can just follow along. There'll be some fill-in-the-blank parts, and you can just kind of track along. I'll do my best to try to not skip any, and uh, also, if you'll notice there that uh, on the edge of there, there's a cool little flap, and this is perforated, and it... Uh, if this is your first time with us, or if you've been kind of flying below the radar and haven't filled one of these out yet, then I would really appreciate it if you would give us your information and you just kind of fill that out, please. Um, also, on the back, if you'll notice, there's a place for prayer requests. And if there's something, some issue you would like for us to, or me to, to pray for and our leadership team to pray for, then um, you can just fill that out and we will be in agreement in prayer and stand with you in that. Also, whenever you are, if this is your first time with us, then, uh, and you have this, what we would appreciate you would do is if you would, on your way out, there'll be somebody standing by a little table, and they'll exchange this with you. They'll, they'll do a little switch. And if you'll just hand them this little card, then they're going to hand you a popcorn box that's got some goodies in it. It'll have some, uh, some microwave popcorn in there. It's going to have a little bit of information about us. And it's going to have a $5 Sonic card in there and so that you can go and have happy hour on us. You can go to Sonic, get you some half-priced drinks, and, and I have you some, some soda or a lime slush. And it's never too cold outside for a lime slush. It's just not, even though we're moving into, uh, the, uh, into the cold weather. I'm so grateful to finally get a little cold snap. Man, I'm telling you, it feels good. I like it. I love the fall. Um, also, with our offering, if uh, on the way out, then you should see some little things that look like little uh, pieces of luggage or some treasure chest or something like that. You'll see those sitting out there. have a little sign on them, our offering boxes. If you could just slip your, your, uh, your offerings into that on the way out, it is one of the key parts of our, of our worship. And uh, if, this is, if you're with us for the first time, there's no pressure on you to, to give. You just please enjoy being a part of our service. But those who are, have called this home and, and choose to support this ministry, that's how that's done. It's just placed in those boxes on your way out. Also, I want to remind everybody about our blog. And we're reading through the Bible together. Some of our reading plans can be picked up on the info table. And we're just tracking through and reading through the Bible together. We just recently passed through the halfway mark. So we're halfway through. And uh, if you would like to, you can just kind of jump in and uh, just jump in with us. And this time next year, you'll have read through the whole Bible. You don't have to start in Genesis. You don't have to start in Matthew. Just jump in with us. And on the blog, every day, then I've put something up there that kind of jumped out to me in our reading. And it usually takes about 15 minutes for the average reader that's a big commitment to you you can kind of cut it down and just read through the new testament and uh and go through that and that'll shorten it down a little bit but we really believe in reading the word that, that and god's promises to us and that, that's a big deal to us god really instructs us that way so we try to make that uh, a center of who we are as a church now also this coming wednesday we're starting a newcomers class those of y'all who are who are new to uh, celebration church or still want some more information about who we are or maybe you've been even been coming for a little while and you just want to find out the the, the vision what we're about how to be involved uh, this is going to run for six weeks we're going to take thanksgiving week off but we'll be done the first wednesday in december 
And so you can sign up for that on your info cards as well and say, hey, I'm interested in that, and uh, we'll uh, get with you on that. And that starts this Wednesday at my house, 1211 Kenwood, at 7 o'clock. We'll be done by 8. There is child care, so having to handle the kiddos is not a big deal. We've got you covered. So, awesome. Got all our bases covered. Now we get into my favorite part, the Word of God. I love it. But we are on our third week of our eight series. And so we're just cruising through Romans chapter 8. I love Romans chapter 8. It is just so rich and full. And I tell you what, this has been a challenge for me to try to cover Romans chapter 8 in five weeks. And uh, some of y'all that aren't used to like digging into the word, you're like, man, I was this guy back in Romans chapter 8 again. Well, I guarantee you, you're going to get something out of it. We could spend five weeks on today's scripture by itself, but we're not going to do that. And, uh, but it is so good. Today we're <coughs> today's series is called, or not series, today's message is called Rotate. And of course, the definition of rotate is to, to cause, to go through a cycle of change, to turn things around, to turn around. See, and as we look at this, there are some things in our Christianity that we must know. We must know these things. We've got to have them down deep on the inside of us. These are foundational pieces. And if we don't have these foundational pieces, we don't have anything to really stand on. And a few of these things are, these are, these are pieces that even when everything else starts to shift, these hold us rock solid. These hold us secure. And here as we look at this, we're going to go ahead and, and, um, and jump down there and we're going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, And we know, and we know, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is something you and I have to know. Honestly, as far as Christendom as a whole, right behind John 3.16, this is probably one of everybody's favorite scriptures, that God works all things to our good. But we have to understand how the, the dynamics of this and the character of God so this can become a foundation in our lives. If you've been here within the last six weeks, you've heard me tell a couple of stories on my grandfather, and I've got one more this morning. And uh, my, my, again, y'all know my, my papa is, uh, I didn't get to know my dad's, my dad's dad until he passed away before I came along. But my mom's dad, we, I've always been very close with my, with my papa. And uh, anyways, he's a unique man. He's awesome, just a sweet guy. And, uh, but um, I, I'm a, I can be a little clumsy. I can be a little haphazard, and I come by it honestly from my papa. And uh, anyways, he's, he's always been a workhorse, but he's always like got cuts and some injuries and all that kind of stuff from him. Well, he had, his last job that he retired from, he had worked for the county in Andrews County. And uh, anyways, on one of his jobs, he had to be out. And the, for some reason, they were having to deal with a septic tank, which uh, they call, my, my grandparents call them a cesspool. And so that's just an old saying. But they had to deal with a septic tank that was, that was messed up. It was backed up. It was nasty and full. Well, he was out there dealing with that, and uh, the lid was off, and uh, he was there, and he had he kind of packed his lunch, and he didn't go away to lunch, and the guys he was working with left, 
and they, they went to lunch, and he was there by himself. Well, somehow, during this time where he's there all alone, my grandfather, who knows how it happened, but ends up falling in to, to, the, uh, to the mess, into the septic tank that's, that's, that's full. And, uh, and right at the last minute, my, my papa's 5'8 and 3 quarters, and so he, uh, he's, he's got a wingspan of 5'8 and 3 quarters. And right as, right as he was going in, he throws his arms out, and he catches himself right on the edges. And so, and he's, of course, you're in water, or whatever that is, <laughs> mainly water. And uh, so he's there, and it's, it's just right there, and he, he's stuck. And he's, he's holding himself up, and he's just dangling there, and he's starting, to just, he's starting to get tired. And he knows that if he could pull, maybe pull himself out, but he would have to pull his arms together. Well, you've been in water. You know what happens. You're going to go down a little bit when that pressure is released. And he could not stand the thought of that stuff getting up around his face. And so he just, he just sat there with his arms out and just in this iron cross just holding himself up. And he finally decided he was going to dig around with his, with, with his foot on the side. And it was, this was a concrete a concrete septic tank, and it had a chunk of concrete on the edge where it had been cast, and he found this place that he called a toehold. He found a toehold to, to hold himself up, and he was able to hold himself up and eventually pull himself up out of the junk. And, but that toehold ended up being a foundation to him when he was in the middle of the mess. This scripture... This understanding, this principle, I'm telling you, in life, when we find ourselves neck deep into the junk of life, this is the foundation. This is a toehold. This keeps us from going under and having the mess of life get the best of us. Because we know that no matter what life throws at us, God can take it and work it to our good. That God will, we let him do it, will work all thanks are good. And it becomes a foundation in our lives. The message translation reads, it says, That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. We also want to look at it. I didn't get to put this in your notes. I'm sorry, but I wanted to put it in, so we're going to cover it. It should be on the screen. Hebrews 6, 19 through 20. It says, We have this hope. As an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, it enters in the sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, which is a whole, whole other teaching. But we have this hope that is an anchor to our soul. It is this place that keeps us steady in life. And this understanding that God will work things as we walk with him, as we are called according to his purpose, walk in his purpose, stay in love with him, that there is nothing that this life can throw at us that God can't take and turn to good. There's nothing that God goes, I can't do anything with this. Boy, they really messed up here. They were just real boneheads with this one. I can't do anything with this. No, there's nothing, there's no decision we can make, there's nothing life can throw at us that God can't turn around. And we have to have this, we have to know it. I mean, it just has to be rock solid on the inside of us. 
That's why Paul said that we, have, we know this. And see, and Paul's not coming that he lives some sort of little worry-free, struggle-free life. If you don't know about the life of Paul, I'm going to kind of share with you some of Paul out of his own words in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. It says, are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. He's, he's having to validate himself. He says, I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea, just out there floating and bobbing around. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure and my concern for all of the churches. The same guy the guy that gives us Romans 8 28 we know that God works all things to those who love him and are called according to his purpose this guy walked out he saw some stuff I tell you what I've had some issues in my life I've had some some difficulties in life but I've not seen anything compared to this a lot of y'all have lived some some rough lives some things people should never ever have to deal with and as a pastor it breaks my heart some of the things that, that life has thrown at y'all. But the comfort that I have is knowing that if you will allow God to take that, that he will turn it around for your good. As painful as it is that you went through those things, as painful as what somebody did to you or life did to you. And when I hear on my heart aches with you, that I rejoice in this. That Romans 8, 28 is sure. We know this, that God will take this. We give it to him. We let him have it. And he can turn things around. See, this must be concreted into our hearts, that God works for our good. See, we're progressing forward as we're working through Romans 8. See, first with knowing that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is a foundation we have to understand that, which we covered a couple weeks ago. Because otherwise, if you don't understand that there's no condemnation with some trouble or something goes wrong or something, then you just might think that that's the judgment of God on your life, and I deserve that. Oh, I deserve that. You just might think that if you think that there's condemnation, if you think that there's judgment then you might interpret it and embrace it, which Romans 8, 1 tells us there isn't. So these things in life, these things that happen, some of the consequences of our natural actions, these aren't the judgment of God coming against something. Don't embrace those things like that. Well, I just deserve it. I'm not going to ask God to help me through this. I just deserve this. No, no. Yeah, there's junk, but God wants to turn things around. In our lives. And the next thing, foundation we have to understand is that we are God's children. We looked at last week with Romans 8.15. 
And these two things help set the foundation for us to really understand Romans 8, 28. That he's going to work all things to our good. See, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. He's blessed us with everything that we need. Galatians tells us according to life and godliness. Everything that we're going to need. He has given those things to us. He, he wants to richly bless our lives. And we need to understand that. That there's not any condemnation. The penalty that was justly that was due us is dealt with in Christ. It's just, it's right. It's been paid for. Now there's no condemnation. And we have been born into God's family. And now he deals with us as children. That he wants to bless. And so, and yeah, we stumble, and yeah, we do that, but he's not coming at us like trying to, you know, as workers for him or slaves for him or, or this stuff. He deals with us as children. Isaiah 61.3 says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He gives us beauty instead of ashes. Things that look like they're totally destroyed. I mean, just... There ain't no good left. There's not much you can do with an ash heap. It's hard to see any potential in an ash heap. But God will even take and give us beauty out of the ash heap. He is so good. And he gives us oil of gladness instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We have to know that, man, when we start getting in a funk, we start getting a little depressed, start thinking the wrong things, we need to understand we, God didn't give that to us. God's given us a spirit of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We need to shift into th that on purpose, into the spirit of praise. God wants to bless our lives. The other thing we need to see is that God works all things, not causes all things that God there's nothing that life can throw at us we have to understand there are two realms there is a there's a realm of of blessing and good and there is a there is its reciprocal which is a it's blessing and good missing which leaves cursing and sickness and death and destruction and both of those realms totally exist they're two realities and so we have to understand that God gives only, only good. He can work with anything, but that doesn't mean that he caused everything. But he can work with anything. I love when my wife loves to watch these uh, uh, HGTV. We watch so much HGTV. I mean, they just... You know, I, I wish you could just pick your channels, and then my cable bill would be like a buck fifty. You know, because we could get HGTV and Fox News, and we'd both be happy. You know, and uh, and so uh, we, uh, uh, but we watch that, and it's awesome to watch these people who are master craftsmen, and they begin to take all of these materials, and a lot of times, what's really neat is when they begin to take things that look broken and busted and messed up, and these master craftsmen are able to take these things that maybe don't look like they go together. Maybe they don't look like they, they have any use anymore. 
And then they begin to build things like furniture or creating works of art and, and doing all these things and turn it in. And when you look, you step back and you look at these rooms and they have the big reveal and, you know, and the, the wife does and starts crying and freaking out. And you just, you know, you're sitting there watching that dumb show and a tear comes out of your eye. My wife's like, are you crying? No. Dusty. You clean that fan, woman. You know, the dust in my eye. Man, that extreme might go, ah, oh, golly. I just, you just grab a box of Kleenex. Ah, cry every time that show. It's just wrong. And, uh, but they, God is that way. God is a master craftsman. And the thing is, is we don't have a solid understanding of who God is. Then we'll look back on the other side of it and we'll see all the good that's come out of it and go, this is so perfect and so wonderful and so great. God must have caused it. God must have. And that's, 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 that's backwards. Because God doesn't cause all of these things in our lives. There is a thief. We're about to look at this. There is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is an enemy. And he comes to have, wreak havoc and, and jack with our lives and mess with stuff. But God can, is a master craftsman and he can go through and take our own dumb mistakes. He can take some other things and begin to work them together. And we look back and go, wow, wow, that's amazing. There's something that I used to be so embarrassed and ashamed of. And now it's one of the prized pieces in the middle of my living room of my life because God turned it into this work of art. God has turned these things around, and God is so wonderfully good at that. He can take things and shift them. But I had a, a friend of mine that I went through <coughs> college with, and, and we were, weren't tight, tight friends, but we ran in the same circles, and we, we had some, some connections, and uh, seemed just like a, uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful Christian guy on fire for God. We went through freshman Bible study together and a lot of that stuff, and I've since reconnected with him on Facebook. And didn't realize it's been all of these years. Well, man, he went through this period of his life where he just just about lost everything with his marriage. And he had a had a really messed up a addiction that was a, a, a not a chemical addiction, but just a physical addiction with, with pornography and just everything that comes with that. And financially ruined his family and just did all sorts of stuff. And just had kept it secret, kept it hidden until finally it just exploded one day. And man, his, his wife prayed through. She stayed with him. It's, it's a miracle. And now they run together this incredible ministry that helps walk people out of that same thing. He's on the docket to be on the Oprah program talking about how God can set people free from this thing. I mean, they're waiting on the, in the wings and for him to be on Oprah with this deal. This thing that had once been this incredible place of shame and pain and humiliation. He completely gave it over to God. As ugly and horrible as it was. As destructive as it was. And let God use it. And it was over a period of time that he has, they have allowed it. And now they openly share their story and their struggle and all of those different things. And God has used them and in, a, and in a wonderful, incredible way. Now, God did not have him go through that on purpose so that he could do this ministry. No. 
no, no, no. But God took that because he was loved by God and embraced God's purpose at that point. And God began to shift it and to give him beauty for ashes. He began to turn things around. And now it is a glorious, beautiful story that God is still using and still touching. There's no telling how many lives are going to be touched because of this. They're already on that line. I mean, it's just awesome. God is just so wonderfully good. And God can take things. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come, this is Jesus talking, that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is so, God is so much better at life than the devil is at death. And that's why Romans 8.28 wins. Because God is so much better at life than the devil is at destruction. And he can take anything. All the time growing up, we're, we're pushing into the holiday season. And uh, I mean, I was just, you know, weird 17-year-old, I guess. And uh, I, I liked a lot of different movies and all that, all the, the Star Wars and all the standard stuff. And, uh, but, you know, when I was 17 through my mid-20s, you asked me what was my one favorite movie. I had that one movie. I was going to have one thing to watch. Of course, it's a v video cassette back then that day and not, no DVDs. And uh, the movie was It's a Wonderful Life with uh, Jimmy Stewart. I'd watched it on TV when I was like nine and cried like a baby. And, it's like, and I've just loved that movie ever since. And I love it because you get to see what happened with that life. Because he doesn't understand. He just sees all of the disappointments. He says, oh, I wanted to go to school. And I was about to go to school, and now, you know, this had to happen, and we, I sent my brother to school. And I wanted to travel, and I had all these dreams, and I was going to build, build buildings, and I was going to do all this. And he's on the point of despair and going to jump off and kill himself because he was not able to see how God had worked all of these things that he saw as destruction into a wonderful life, that it had brought life and blessing to all these people. And, you know, in the movie, God sends this angel to... Give him the glimpse of had that chain of event, had things not worked, had God not used that life in that way. I tell you, that's what's so wonderful with Romans 8, 28, because it don't matter some of the mistakes and some of the things that have taken place. God is continually working and shifting. And when we submit to him and let him do it, he is working things to our good. It is not too late for it to be a wonderful life for you. It's not. It is not too late for it to be a wonderful life. I don't care how far you've pushed it. And you say, Pastor Brandon, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. God knows. And it still applies. Romans 8, 28 still applies. He still will work it all to your good. It is so awesome. I love it. Genesis 5, uh, 50, verse 20. This is Joseph dealing with his brothers. He says, don't you see you planned evil? You planned evil. But God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. He didn't say God put me through all this to bring about good. You planned evil. 
They're not off the hook there. They don't get to say, well, God did it. Look how it's all. No, they, they planned evil. But God turned it around for a saving of an entire nation. Why? Because Joseph stayed in love with God and clung to God's purpose for him. He wouldn't let go of the dream that God put, even when it looked dark and impossible, he would not let go of the dream God had given him. This also is connected to those who love God. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. Ephesians 6, 24 says, Grace to all who love the Lord, our, <clears throat> the Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. That word grace is, is God's unmerited favor. Us getting what we didn't earn, what we don't deserve. But it's also this power word. It's also of, of God's enabling ability. God coming in and shifting and turning things around according to their love. We also need to understand that it's not that God is working things for our good as a reward for us playing by his rules. The reason that it, our love is connected in there, it is because <clears throat> is that when we love him, we trust him. See, one of the things, that way, and that's why it's connected, God works all things to those who love God and are called according to his purpose, who embrace God's purpose for their life. Because when you love, you trust. And see, all of this junk in our lives, like a master craftsman can't begin to put things together until somebody lets them handle those pieces. Then God can't begin to turn things around unless we let him handle those pieces of our lives. Which to take, those, to take that hurt and to not make it our own anymore, for us to give that over, that, that involves this forgiveness thing. That's us turning it over to God. Putting it in his hands. Whenever we begin to take these broken and the hurt and the ugly pieces of our lives and turn them over and put them in his hands, then we let him have them and then he'll begin to craft those things. But if we don't operate in love with God in this place of trust, and we don't turn those things over to him. We don't give him, the, don't give him the right that he should have to begin to work all of that together. So you and I, out of this place of love, out of this place of trust, we have to give him the pieces. We have to let him have those. You know, it's always fun watching our, you know, our kids go through this place of incredible dependence. And about two years old, they start figuring out they can do stuff. And then they want, they have their favorite word. No, I do it. No, I do it. They realize they can do some things and they want to do it. And they'll be struggling with something. And then you just so just say, you know, let me help you on this. Turn loose of that kid. And boy, they just got a white knuckle grip. I do it. And guess what? It stays mangled and messed up and doesn't get there until they turn it loose. And that's what you and I have to do. So many times we want to have our identity in our hurts and stuck over here in that. We have to let God do it. We have to give God all the pieces. 
give God the materials to work with. Romans 8, 28 again says, according to his purpose, let God find the purpose in it. In Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And we have to remember that love is connected to trust. It's like uh, having somebody play the trick on you when you're a kid and tie your shoelaces together. You know, and you try to, try to go somewhere, and all of a sudden your feet are connected. That's how love and trust are. There's not just a whole lot of leeway without the other one. The love can't really go any further forward than the trust one goes. You know? That's why in relationships, that's why the trust factor is so good. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you with all my heart. Do you trust them? No. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you want to love them, but that trust deal is, is, is that, that it has to be built. We have to be able to, to, to embrace, embrace that. And with God, the, those things are tied together, that they are connected. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 through 7 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Psalm 13, 5. It says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's one of the key places because when we have the hurt and the destruction and the pain and the yuck in our lives, then a lot of times we can't understand how any good can come out of that. And it's hard to trust God and say, God, I don't know where you're taking this. I don't know what you're going to do with this. But you can do some good. See, trust God with your life. He will turn the ugly into something wonderful, into something beautiful. This is a foundation in our walk with God, in our life with God, that God is for us and not against us. And he can turn things around. It is that toehold. When you find yourself slipped into the yuck of life, it is our foundation. Well, this morning I would like to make it available to anybody who does not have the foundation that we only get in Christ, in knowing him and trusting him. And so right quick, I'd appreciate it if everybody just kind of bow your heads and close your eyes. And we want to make it available for you to enter into a relationship with God this morning. If you're here, and you say, Brandon, I, I want this. I, I want a relationship with God. I understand that I've made some mistakes, but I understand that Jesus' sacrifice was enough. And I, I place my faith in Jesus, that it's legal. He took care of it. It's a legal thing. I want to be free so that I can just pursue God out of love. If that's you this morning and you want to do that, I want you to just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around created a quiet place this morning and if that's you just slip your hand up awesome see that hand and that hand awesome I saw that hand fantastic well what we want to do this morning is all of us believers we're going to join with you in prayer we're going to pray this out loud with you your voice is not going to ring alone we stand with you on this we pray with you and these aren't magic words what makes this shift happen is when you embrace this and you make them your own. You believe it in your heart. And then God promises us that we shift from death to life. 
So everybody, let's just pray with them. Let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you sent him to die in my stead. That cross should have been mine. But he took it from me.